We're rolling? Uh, we are, yes. Are we rolling? Oh, we rolling? Are we rolling? Are we Hello. <laughs> so yeah, we've never had four hang on, hang people on. on the podcast. I need let me get through this. Okay, okay, I'm ready now. Jesus. We did. We had four people on the podcast once. We had when we had Gi Sensei on. Mm. Um, but this is the first time we've had the four of us, and it's the first ever time we had Gi Sensei. Because you put me on a list on the very, very end of the list, and I was always, always dying, guys. When I can go on podcast, please. <laughs> not yet, not yet. Wait, time will come. Yummy. <laughs> so yeah, our our other guest cancelled last second, so we got it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is it. This is the Humbu Dojo crew. The four of us. We've been seeing an awful lot of each other for the last year because we've been seeing an awful little of anybody else. Yeah. And uh, we've become brothers. You might say lovers. <laughs> it's a bit too far. It's a bit too far. I'm a married man. <laughs> no, we have been seeing quite a lot of each other. Um, uh, forcibly, but we see each other anyway. We, we train True. together every week. And we, we always teach, you know, in the same location, stuff like that. Always cross-teaching and everything. Um, so yeah, we're, we're used to each other's company now. Yeah, this is the first time we've had AJ Sensi on, and we promised AJ we weren't going to make him bore you with his life story um, and stuff like that. But very quickly, how, how we are th- we're quite well documented about how we feel about Zoom teaching and coronavirus and everything that's been going on the past year and about. How, how have you been coping, man? How are you getting on? Fine, totally fine. Um, teaching on Zoom. It's not ideal, but I think it's still better than not teaching and not having karate at all, uh, not having job or, you know, uh, stuff like that. Um, somehow lockdown doesn't bother me anymore, you know what I mean? I'm kind of used to that. First lockdown was a bit of a shock to me. I was kind of getting really angry and pissed off. This one, I, I've seen it, it coming, so I'm just ignoring everything, you know? Just doing a bit of karate and at home. Yeah. Just do what I can, you know. Staying positive as much AJ can stay positive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, inside AJ's mind, he might actually be really, really positive. We don't know because um, he doesn't talk much. What, but you think it's all butterflies and running <laughs> through the prairie, do you? Yeah, 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 little bambies and the flowers, and the, but um, but he doesn't talk much. And he goes around scowling all the time. So you know, we kind of like we're, we're that pollen. I just don't have that much English, so I can't express myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but there's a you know there's a pool going around. We're taking bets on how many people he's murdered in his former life. (laughs) That's Um, secret guess. Okay, (laughs) what stays in the Eastern Europe? What happens in Eastern Europe stays in Eastern Europe. (laughs) So you you guys just finished doing a oh Scott since he just finished teaching a a Shodan Pass Mm. seminar. Um, and you guys were assisting, I was sidelined because of injuries and so on, but uh, how did that go? How did Shodan pass? Well, it was surprisingly 90, well, more than 90, over 100 people, but there was like 90 
little connections mm. on, which was uh, far more than I thought it would be. And uh, they seem to get a lot from it. Like, they seem very enthusiastic. I, th I think it's like sometimes it's like when you take a step back and, and, and see what people are actually wondering about, you know, you, you kind of get surprised. So, like, I just take this for granted. Well, everyone knows this, don't they? But then, then obviously not. So, uh, yeah, it went all right, didn't it? There were over a hundred people on it. Oh, yeah, and sure. before the class started, AJ and I were like, oh, how many people will be on this, AJ? 30 to 50, 30, I said. He said 30 to 50, I said about 30, maybe, like 20-something. Mm. It was a hundred. Yeah, beyond expectations. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think once, you, once you, you start making your way up towards the higher grades, you know, like, like once you get Nidan and, and Sandan and start moving up, I think you forget, you forget that feeling of what it was like to be striving for the black belt. Mm. You end up taking it a little bit for granted because you're only associating really in your own training with with high grades at that point. Yeah. You're at the high grade end of the class. You're talking to black belts all the time, exchanging ideas with black belts all the time. And as an as an instructor, you're you're teaching all the stuff as you go. So you're you're constantly thinking about what everyone needs to know. You forget, I think, how much of a milestone it can be for people because you kind of get like lost in the crowd a little bit, you know. I rem I remember my grading, and I remember. I remember how I felt building up to the grading, my showdown grading, but I don't remember what it's like to be a Q grade. Do you remember what it's like to be a Q grade? <laughs> I, I haven't been a Q grade since I was 11, so... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'll be, it'll be 30 years in March. I only got my black belt wow. five, or, five or six years ago. Yeah. yeah. I got my black belt as well in Ireland, uh, so... Uh, Come closer, Agent, we can't hear you. It was... Uh, not Shotokan Karate Club because I just couldn't find what I wanted. Uh, so we started kind of what are you and she threw. The grading was as well like talking about syllabus we did today and remembering my grading it was like as many things as possible. Lots of funny techniques just to, to, to cramp into that grading as many things as possible like you know to make extremely difficult but at the same time it, it wasn't making much sense. Of course it was physically challenging but I think HDK in Shodan syllabus is the best. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, you're not even a black belt in Shotokan? No, I am not. He is a Sandan in Shotokan, yeah. to be fair. I'm Nidan and Sandan in Shodan. We could, we could get into Great Shodan and charge him. <laughs> Maybe that was actually the grading today, AJ's and they failed. Yeah. <laughs> Did we do? Did we do okay, Sensei? Because AJ and Sensei and I were uh, demonstrating all the kihon. Did we do okay? For legal reasons, I have to say, you did me proud. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, it didn't feel as sharp as I would expect students to be on a black belt. We didn't feel well, we weren't the way we wanted to. We weren't doing a black belt grading. That's why on a day of a grading, you're going to be your nerves are on fire. But this is just us in the dojo. Yeah, no, you're fine. You showed all the points that I wanted you to show, so it's fine. Mm -hmm. We, I deliberately did all the mistakes as well that I knew he'd be bringing up. <laughs> <laughs> Came naturally to you, yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's always thinking, always caring. <laughs> <laughs> Can I show you, tell you about my children examination? Please. Yeah, please. So uh, it was. You're supposed to wait six months, right? I uh, I only waited three months. And I, I did my I did my first queue in the December, and uh, and afterwards, uh, it was in York. And afterwards, Kato Sensei said to, came past the change room and he put his head in. He goes, he goes, oi, oh Sensei, he goes, uh, come March uh, to Black and Brown, of course, do your grading. 
sits there. I was like, what grading? I've just graded. And then afterwards, my insurer says, oh, I guess we're going to do your black belt in March now. We're in, in Whitchurch. I was like, oh, that's not what he meant. So it was like three months later, I went to, uh, to Whitchurch and uh, we did this weekend seminar. And then, and at the end, there was just me and this lady who was taking her first cue on the course. And so we both did it together. She was taking first cue, I was taking first time. And we did three combinations. I think we did Sambonski, just, you know, four times. And then we stepped back, kind of Shuto, Mayash Maigiri, Nukite. And then we stepped forward, I think Sotuke, Yoko MP, you know, Yurak and Gakazuki. And he goes, okay, so we did that. Four times there, four times back, four times there. Okay, yeah, mate, stand up. So he stood up, he goes, okay, pair up. Okay, and it was, her name was Jane. Okay, Jane, you attack first. Joran Chunamai Geri. And so we did Jewett Pond Kumite, Joran Chunamai Geri. And he goes, okay, change, right side only. So I did Joran Chunamai Geri. Okay, uh, what cat are you doing? Basadai, okay, Basadai. Jane, you, okay, Basadai, well, she was doing Basadai. So we both did Basadai together. And he went, okay, okay, pass. <laughs> It's really short grading. Yeah, it. yeah. It's easier than yeah. mine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to regrade you now. <laughs> <laughs> mine was from a Japanese instructor, so it means everything. Oh, <laughs> oh, so you, you didn't get one from a foreigner, did you? Did you get one a showdown from, from a... From my a... showdown was, was... I was graded by the venerable Richard Amos Sensei. Who else was on the panel? Scott Sensei. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can't remember who. Um, so you don't have a HDKI show? No. Well, I think we're going to have a mass grade. AJ <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even have a Shotokan show then. I'm going to make up all the money that I've lost in this year. <laughs> oh, Russ, you need to grade as well. What organisation do you grade? Nah, man, 499 today. Oh. But you do hear about those mad grades where like, you have to do a yeah. uh, hundred push-ups and a hundred sit-ups and squats. Kind of cool, and, like in, and in uh, Kyokushin, years and years ago, you used to have to be able to walk around the dojo on your hands. <laughs> that was so, that in Masoyama's dojo, that was one of the things you Class. had to do. In my yeah. dojo, when I started, if we missed the uh, grading, we were sitting in Seiza and uh, Sensei in front as usual and asking who missed it, the training. And if you missed the training, you voluntarily admit that and go to the end of doja we call it crocodile like a little bit like cricket but on the knuckles and you walk mm. like one forward another forward and walking to the very end and it's about that length and then doing push-ups it was extremely hard <laughs> look at the big smile in his face <laughs> i was able to do that that's where it's mine yeah. <laughs> but yeah you see these mcdojos doing like a 24-hour black belt exam yeah i mean uh, it's wild like i like I like the the way I think the people who have it the the best at the moment or the most that is very difficult to water it down just now is when you look at jiu-jitsu it's Brazilian jiu-jitsu in particular it, right now it seems extremely difficult to get a black belt mm. in Brazilian jiu-jitsu they seem to have still have that very much the only the upper echelon of our craft can get that mm-hmm. black belt I think now that it's becoming more commercial you're starting to see that deteriorate quite quickly yeah, yeah. and I think it will go the way of other traditional martial arts yeah, where it, it starts to fall by the wayside but you see that like you know the more commercial it becomes the more everyday people are taking part in a martial art whereas before it was probably a, ser- a special kind of mm-hmm. silly a special kind of stupid right <laughs> that would want to do something <laughs> that would do that would want to do something as tough yeah, as a martial art but now martial arts are, are kind of for everyone now mm-hmm. of all abilities and ages and shapes and sizes so now what what constitutes 
you know that sort of showdown level is broadened. I think. Would you agree? Disagree? Well, I mean, it depends what criteria. That's the thing. Like I remember when I was kind of a kid and and um, and, and you know, like they they would say, oh, you know, a a, a showdown in Aikido is like a sandan in karate because of the length of time it would take or like whatever mm. like so yeah probably because of the length of time it would take and so therefore it take 10 years to get shoran in aikido it takes 10 years to get sandan so so therefore the equivalent and i think it's just a false equivalency mm. and so yes it's really super difficult to um to get maybe a black belt in in bjj but but like what is the equivalent equivalency in, in fitness Equivalency in stamina, in in ability to grapple. Well, yeah, that that ability to grapple is great as long as you are in a position where you can grapple. Mm. You know, every every martial art has its fundamental weaknesses, and so when you start comparing the the fundamental and strength, of course. So when you start comparing the strength of one and arguably the weakness of another. So if you mm. compare the strength of BJJ, of say grappling and ground fighting. And saying oh, that's much more and more difficult than like maybe the the equivalent of, of in karate. Well, then there's there's no equivalent. There's no ground fighting in karate, mm. and and so you don't have that strength. But you have explosive power and speed in karate that you you wouldn't necessarily have to the same extent in in um, Brazilian jiu jitsu. Or the ability to cover ground or that long distance. Game. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I agree with you there, and I wasn't I wasn't trying to say that you com, uh, comparing them in terms of their criteria. So to speak, because the criteria obviously is that it can't be compared, right? Because like, because if you were to to restrict each other's like, because there is restrictions on both, right? Yeah. So if you were to restrict a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu a practitioner to only being able to stand up, mm. they're going to have a very tough time against the Karateka mm. and vice versa. Um, if the roles are reversed, but it's more to what their criteria is. Mm. They are still very strict with who is able to reach the, that sort of black belt level. Like they, their criteria is you have to be able to submit everyone in the class with relative ease before you get black belt level. You have to be doing it competitively. You have to be going out and, and pressure testing your art, which isn't necessarily a, a requirement these days for karate because I think karate is done by a much broader spectrum of person. Mm. Whereas Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu just now tends to be professional fighters still, mm. um, or, or certainly people who are very like who are in that kind of area, very uh, competing. It's very competition based. Whereas I think now though it's starting to become commercialized mm. a lot more, like karate has been. So now the average Joe is taking part, and eventually that will be sort of the criteria will change. Yeah, their standard of criteria will change. Yeah, I mean I, I, I I'm not I'm not. I agree with that, so I'm not. I'm kind of playing devil's advocate, but like in in a in a real sense, that you could say that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu offers less self-defense than karate because it's far more myopic or exclusive in 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 who they teach, and and the the entry level of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu kind of excludes a vast majority of people. So so yeah, I mean, I, it has its strengths, but also it's such a niche thing that you're going to get men in their 20s who are maybe looking for a professional career who are going to do that and maybe they have a very short life expectancy in terms of professionalism mm -hmm. um, and so if you look at it in a kind of true self-defense kind of way then you, the vast majority of people can't even access it never mind mm -hmm. can't become efficient on it
Yeah. But like, yes, I mean, like, you, you, I agree with what you're saying. Hmm. So I, re I remember Graydon, going back to the point of Graydon's, Graydon with the QGB for their showdown test, and you'd be going through your Kihon, and you do your your kata, and then when it came to the, the kumite, they'd feel in the two medi medics, you know, they have the aglands outside, and they don't want the fire doors, and they peel in the big stretcher, <laughs> and park it at the side just as you're about to go on and do your your bare knuckle, like you know, full blasting each other in the face kumite. I remember doing that at like ten years old. The first, like, it took, it took me. I got my downgrade on a third attempt. And I remember the first two times, I always got uh, told, "Oh, you have to do your cat." Like, so the first time it was do the grade and then the second time oh you have to do your kata again but I still but you still went through the whole grading though mm -hmm. so you were still fighting I remember doing it and I remember you know the boy I was fighting burst nose burst lip me and him smacking <laughs> each other the, face the two Pikachus at the end of the first Pokemon movie Pikachu <laughs> 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 it was like it was, <laughs> it was hellish I remember that was rough like, from a, and that's burned into me at 10 years old how tough that was so do, do you think do you think Graydon's do, do you think that would you prefer Graydon's to be a bit more bloodthirsty a bit more special or do you like the fact that we incorporate um, Graydon's to not just the super skilled and the, and the the sort of superhuman of us but also the, the everyday sort of person uh, and definitely for everyone should be civilised as it is in terms of blood <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, I think karate should be controlled as we're usually fighting without mitts and you know, even gum shield most of the time. Um, I think at the other hand, I would like to see maybe sometimes more people failing secretly. Well, yeah. I'm never on the panel for black belts, so you know, <laughs> uh, no matter how bad it sounds, sometimes I think maybe it used to be kind of something like Black Belt for me. It was like some sort of super, superhuman, superhero before. Yeah, everybody says that until they get on the panel. Through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would probably struggle sitting there myself and, and failing someone, you know, especially knowing students, you know, that, that mm. you teach uh, or you teach occasionally how hard they work, you know what I mean, and, and how heartbreaking it is for them. So, I don't know, I wouldn't be probably a good, good, you know, person sitting there and judging. Jake, you know, there's a problem then with, with our style of, of how we all teach and, and the relationships we have with students and parents and stuff. Jake, that, that's a, one of the sort of, as great as it is that we, are, we do get on with our students and, and the parents and everything like that. And we are very easy going and, and easy to talk to instructors. But Jake, that then becomes a problem when it becomes time to try and make that hard decision, like you're a bit too lenient, do you find? Because you grade Q grades up to, up to first Q. Do, do you find yourself sometimes thinking, oh, I know the, the kid, I know the story, I know the, the, what they, they're going through day to day in classes and stuff like that. Does that affect your decisions? It definitely happens because you, you know some students and you know they, they can do much better because you teach them, they know how they can perform. Sometimes most of the students perform, including us, when someone is judging you, you perform a little bit worse than, than on your best day. Mm -hmm. So yeah, of course, maybe sometimes you little bit maybe making decisions on knowing the student and it's not a good thing that probably wouldn't work for 
black belts, well, never great black belts, you know what I mean? That's why we have uh, guest instructors always, and, and they making decisions as well. Um, yeah, of course it does. Everyone is biased, you know what I mean? Uh, but I would never, you know, fail someone just because maybe he's not my favorite student or maybe he's the biggest messer or something like that, you know what I mean? Um, I would try to be as, as true to myself and honest as, as much as I can. Because I'm AJ. <laughs> Never lie. <laughs> well, I'm usually rooting for the messers on the day of a grading. I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't particularly like this kid. They make my job kind of hard. They don't focus as much as they should. They don't try as hard as they should. But on the day, I'm just hoping they'll pull something out of the bag and they'll show that they're worth the grade they're going for. And that the headache's worth the while, right? You're yeah, hoping that's that it's it. like that it's been that, worthwhile. Like, even mm -hmm. though you you are a head wrecker, mm -hmm. you're still learning. Like the yeah. message is still getting through, and you can still do it. You know, mm -hmm. like it's not a waste of my time trying to teach you. Yeah, and then yeah. what also happens is kids I'm really proud of, kids who try really hard and who are better in class, I see them then on the day of the grading and they fluff up everything. <laughs> and I just think, well, you're a great kid, but that wasn't good enough. You're going to have to try again someday <laughs> mm. or get the, get the half grade or something. Well, uh, have you had much experience? Do you go through this with, with people? You're not so much now because I guess you're... you're you're uh, you're seventh dad, seventh dad. <laughs> but when you when you first started your, your own dojo and your uh, your guys were going on and, and taking part in grains, did you go through that instructor anxiety? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember um, Mars Marianne was the first person who ever took black belt uh, with with me, or like go, go, like first ever student go from white belt to black belt, and uh, she took it on the summer camp in. Germany, no, in Edinburgh, wherever it was, Edinburgh maybe, um, and I was on the panel, but it was with uh, Alan Campbell and whoever else was there, and yeah, I mean, I was like completely and utterly emotionally invested, you know, and I remember trying to give her a pep talk before, but I think she possibly ended up giving me a pep talk instead. <laughs> so, All right, I'll try my best, don't worry about it, I, you know, don't worry about me, I won't let you down, you'll be fine. And I was like, oh, just go, go sit over there and grade me, you'll be fine. And, yeah, completely and utterly invested, so, uh, um, I mean, like anybody who teaches with any level of authenticity would have to be completely invested. Yeah. Yeah. You have to care. Yeah. yeah. Zen in the automotive segment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, see, since we're on the topic of black belt, I've, I've one. Well, Scott Sensei has a classic answer for this question. Like, what is the what is the real meaning of a black belt? Yeah, <laughs> and I think we should Tell do. Tell what I said. <laughs> you said it. It's been helping ugly guys get laid since, <laughs> since nineteen sixty something. <laughs> so I thought we should go around. <laughs> yes, that is my stock <laughs> We should go around, and we have to we have to tell our listeners the meaning of the black belt, but wrong answers only. <laughs> okay, so I'll start first. I think uh, once you become black belt, you learned absolutely everything and you don't have to train anymore. Very good. That's what <laughs> I really think. That's what I do. <laughs> Mine is that once you get your black belt, you're a killer. Like you can handle like yourself and nobody can get near you. You're gonna you're gonna smash everyone. That's it. You're a, you're, you're a weapon, a human weapon. Well, I think once you get black belts, you have to then desperately turn it white again. 
by picking at it as much as you can. <laughs> <laughs> or putting it in the wash, Paul Doherty. He called us out now. He says he's never watched his belt. Then he's yeah, like, it's true. Exactly. Exactly. We, 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 we had to retract. No, we had to retract that one. Paul Doherty forced down HTKI. He does not uh, wash his belt. Yes, uh, ladies and gents. He's terrible. No, he does not. He definitely does. <laughs> His wife washes it instead. <laughs> He's like, I don't wash it, I just leave it in the corner of the room. And it just stays on quieter for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I put it in this basket with all the other dirty clothes. <laughs> What's your wrong answer? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, you know, we've all seen The Matrix, and, and when you get a black, when you, only when you're wearing it. You can perform the matrix dodge of the boots, <laughs> but you have to be wearing it. That's true. That, that's, that's, that's facts. That's facts. true. Well, wearing it and wrapping it around your chest and attaching it to some phrase. You have to tie it a special way. Yeah. Actually, Paul Doherty has sent us a question for this podcast. Will I read it out? Yeah. Okay. So I asked the guys if they had any questions since all four instructors are on the podcast. Uh, this is what Paul said. Um, you've all had different journeys to get to where you are now. Knowing what you now, knowing what you now know or know now, what would you have done differently, or what aspects would you have emphasised more or less in your training or started doing sooner if you were starting out all over again? See, before we answer that, can I just say, um, I believe my friends have texted me to say Scotland beat England in the rugby just now. Um, <laughs> he says, so, looking looking directly into Scotland, says, I, I have to say, get up, freedom. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm Irish passport. Just saying, just saying. Uh, anyway, sorry. Continue. Will, will I read that question? <laughs> I, I already finished the question. <laughs> well, that, that cements my answer to that question. Avoid Ross at all costs. That's <laughs> all. Met me sooner. No, it's about your training. Oh, training. What would you do differently in your training? What would you do less of, or what would you emphasise more, or or start doing sooner, if you if you were starting out all over again? Well, I I I would answer that I was very much typecast as a cutter um, guy very early on, and so had very little coaching in Kumite, and I remember not even in Japan, after Japan, mm. training with Basil Lishu, who was, uh, used to train mm. on the um, All-Stars team, the Shaw Stars team, a fantastic athlete and a great fighter. And he came over to do squad session once. Um, and he taught, and I was like, it was amazing. I was like, why wasn't, like, I was 30, 30, 31 years old, you know, done everything, blah, blah. And I'd had some success in Kumite. Well, not much, but I thought if I knew this then, mm. yeah, I would have done really well. And so it, it, I would have actively pursued a way of improving in Kumite, which I never got. Mm. Cool. Good answer. I would, um, I would have not stopped training when I was a teenager. That's exactly what I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't stop training. And probably if I wouldn't stop training, I wouldn't be where I am. So, you know, I'm pretty happy now being HGKI instructor and around you guys. So um, I wouldn't change anything now. 
You mean you like hanging around with us? <laughs> you wouldn't fucking know it. <laughs> he only likes hanging around with us because he does it once every full moon. <laughs> um, I, I think, like, my karate life, I, I didn't have the most technical instructor, but I had a very good competition coach. He created good comp- competitors. And I done well in, in both kata and kumite until the sort of senior section when the divide becomes very much more apparent you have special like people who specialize in either or you know or unless they're very rare cases like the gaki sensei or someone like that um but i think hey if i was going to change anything i I think there was a moment when I'd, i'd just won the world championships at 13 and I said, uh, and I and I said that I wanted, I, I, I wanted to do more, not just karate. I said I want to start diving into to boxing and and all this other stuff as well. And and sometimes I wish that I'd done that earlier and I'd done more of that um, because I think it would enhance what I know now. But then I think if I'd done that, I might not have ended up where I am today. And if I think about where I am today and what I'm doing, my karate journey's kind of been perfect. It's very, it's very difficult to nitpick differences, um, or, or sorry, nitpick moments where I thought this isn't the right decision. I think there's definite um, things I would like to erase from the karate journey, but that's not because of any mistake that I think I made. I think that's all just steps in the journey. So I don't know if I would change anything in terms of who I've trained with, where I've trained, um, or anything like that, because it's all led me here, which has been. And then this is the best place ever. So, yeah. <laughs> True, yeah. We've got it pretty sweet. Um, yeah, the only reason I uh, stopped training when I was a teenager is because I had no instructor. And there was, there was nobody. There was nowhere you could go. My mother actually, for a short time, one, two, three, <laughs> for a short time, <laughs> drove me all, me and my brother Liam, all the way to Tubber Curry for karate. And it was like what an hour that? and a half. It's in County Galway somewhere. Toba Curry, <laughs> great name for a place. <laughs> Toba Curry um, for karate, but uh, it was it was too far, and yeah. Um, so yeah, I had no instructor for many years. There was a, the point where I had no local instructor. My dad, my dad would take me to places like Airdrie and Dunfermline for training because that was the the, the, the connection to you. Actually, was the the reason that we were travelling all that way because that was He's the first to place Scott that Sensei, uh, by the way, not me. was uh, JKS Scotland. <laughs> yeah. had first started. So, but my dad was very good and, and would made the sacrifice to take me out there all the time. Not like his mum. Not what she I'm saying. She made I'm the saying, sacrifice. I'm saying. I'm saying. I I also stuck with. <laughs> My dad actually was always kind of trying to stop me from doing karate because he thought it's a very dangerous sport. I'm gonna get some uh, brain damage. Uh, maybe he was right, actually. I, I'm not aware maybe of this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he still thinks it's a very dangerous job. My, I, I was proud of me. I was, get, I, I was fighting bullies once in school, and the teachers thought it was all my fault because they'd heard I do karate. So they thought that he's doing karate and he thinks he can come in and start fights. It wasn't fucking me. It was them. <laughs> Never you. <laughs> oh, let it go, mate. Let it go. They were, they were bullies. <laughs> they deserved it. <laughs> I've never, never started fighting in my life. Never. No, I've never started a fight either. I was always one day off and <laughs> ended up in the school office and it's like, have you seen the stains on his face? <laughs> what you've done to him? <laughs> <laughs> 
It was a Sanborn Juki, if I remember. Yeah. Save your life, so this I, combination. I used to get in fights in school. You used to get in fights when you were a kid. Mm. You, you just murdered several people. A few <laughs> fights at school, not like it was really brutal, some sort of fight. It's just it's like, you know, messing like It's my ball. No, no. <laughs> Sorry, it's my rock. No, it's, <laughs> it's my knife. It's my Kalashnikov. <laughs> <laughs> and you threw someone out a window once, didn't you? Did I? Oh, that's a story I heard from someone else. Sorry. Yeah. No, you didn't. I had to think that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I did. A, I've done work. some things, but I don't think I've done that. <laughs> Sorry. Well, what's your story? Uh, some kind of one punch that, that ended some kind of confrontation you had? Could you do throw at someone? I, I had loads, but like, I think um, there was. The one, like I've, I've been to quite a few fights, but one of the one of the nicest things I ever, one of the most the proudest things I ever, I was I was when I was at university, oh, and, and I was uh, no, there was a few fights in university, but I, I you know, but the, I've not told you this before, but like I was I was Sunday morning, I was walking, I'd just been to like the student union to get kind of like some kind of you know ration sandwich or something <laughs> 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 you know, just you know like and I was walking back and I was and coming the other way was a friend of mine from my she did geography with me and she's like alright Scott and she was with this massive guy big big fucking guy you know and, uh, and she went oh Scott you don't know Tom, Tom's the uh, captain of the rugby club, and I was like, "Well, hello, mate," and he was massive, you know, and uh, and, and 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 he was like, "Oh, Scott's the captain of the cry club." All oh, right, yeah, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, you do cry, do you know?" Like he says, oh, "I bet you have uh, you know one inch punch," and uh, I was like, "Yeah, yeah," and Andy was like, "Yeah, he does, he does, he does." <laughs> and, uh, don't, don't do it, don't do it. I was not really, really. Show me, show me the one inch punch then. <sighs> so, so I was like, okay, just uh, I was, I can, I and I, I hit him. Well, I kind of gave him a dig, you know? But, like, it was a one-inch punch. And he, and he kind of, you know, because he was stood upright, not expecting anything. And so he kind of stumbled back a little bit. And he went, and he, he, he kind of put his hand up to say anything. He went, and then he, he kind of, uh, and he put his hand up and he was like, and then he turned around, and I'm the same story. I was at a rugby club, but it was one of my mates. I was... <laughs> I was at a house party and one of my mates was asking um, for a fake ID. He was like the last one of us who wasn't old enough to go out clubbing yeah. and we were all about to go out clubbing afterwards. And he was asking one of the other guys, can I borrow your fake ID? And he was like, no, I'm not going to leave you. And he's like, tell you what, if you can take a punch from Ross, I'll give you the fake ID. <laughs> I'm not going to punch him. I'm not going to like, it's like, no, no, go on, punch him. So I done the one-inch punch. I was like, all right, okay, I'll do it from here. Bang. And, I, and sure enough, he turned straight away into the sink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have no. you guys ever hit someone so hard they threw up? No, no. <laughs> but what, what happens to me sometimes? So sad. Well, a few times um, taking hits from Scott Sensei in class when he's demonstrating something, and all you've got is the shitey wee focus pad, you know, as a as protection, and he hits you right in the chest. I've like nearly fainted. <laughs> Like, for, I don't know, maybe it's, cause, maybe it's because the, it's hitting my heart or something, it's changing my, uh, changing my blood pressure, but uh, the whiteness comes in from the edges of my vision. I thought I was like, remember that one time, years ago, I don't think I was in it. no, I just started as an instructor, and you were hitting me in the chest. It was, you were doing this thing where you elbow someone on one side and then punch on the other side, right? 
And uh, <laughs> fucking hell, it was so sore. <laughs> but I had to put my hand up and say, actually, don't hit me again for a fucking second. I'm about to fall over. <laughs> I have some sort of uh, more like Buddha story, which happened here in Ireland. Maybe, oh, maybe I told you. Uh, it happened actually in my previous work. Oh, I'm driving a van. Really. A security van. So I was in the city center. It was like rush hour in the morning, and uh, I was in the back of the van, just trying to be quick. The van moved, and I felt that something happened. Like you know, so I went in front, checked, and there was a GPS gone. I quickly looked around, and I seen like one guy rushing through the crowd, and you no, know, I didn't have any ideas who it was. I just had intuition that this is the guy. So I was running behind him, and uh, as far as I can, as fast as I can, I ran around him and stopped. It was kind of a random person. You know, maybe I don't want to sound judgmental, but looks like some sort of problem, having drug problems or something like mm -hmm. that. And I ran around him and I stopped and I looked at him and he looked at me and we both understood. And I said, just give it back to me. And he said, sorry, sorry, and just give my GPS back. And I had no punches thrown. No. Yeah, no. To halt conflict. That's the true meaning of Budo. I didn't know that then. <laughs> <laughs> but you epitomized it. That's yeah. the important thing. <laughs> I could punch him, of course. <laughs> but and I, I did after he gave it back. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> in my <the> shoulder. <laughs> Good man. A friendly wee He did throw up. He did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have we have another question mm -hmm. uh, from Annette um, asking: Do you think your personalities and karate style complement each other, or are there gaps apart from have currently not current sorry apart from not currently having a female instructor? So I think she means between us. She means do we complement one another with our styles and our personalities? We'll let the 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 biggest personality answer. <laughs> AJ? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I know is that uh, for the podcast, Ross Sensei and I work pretty well together because he uh, is so extroverted and is always thinking about people and is always, uh, like, gets his gets his motivation and his kind of stimulation from other people and things around him, whereas I'm very internal and very introverted, and uh, it shows sometimes the way we talk about things and the way we understand things. And I think it shows when we hang out too, we complement each other that way. I, I think anybody who is confident in themselves and fulfills their potential will complement anybody else. Because, you know, like, everyone is unique, and so if you follow that to the, the kind of fulfilled state, then you're going to be unique. And so that unique, confident personality should be comfortable in the presence of any other unique, confident personality. I think the, the only issues when, when personalities butt against each other is when they're not confident or still finding their own feet or, or something like that. So I, I think it, it could be any, anyone, um, whether they're male or female, you know, blah, 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 whatever background, as long as they are confident in what they do and are constantly pushing themselves forward, they're going to find kind of some sort of uh, of harmony with everybody else. Jesus, you're like the Dalai Lama. 
fuck you. <laughs> That's what Dalai Lama would say. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> that was great. I, I just want a question. Say, I don't know how to answer this question. I don't even know what kind of karate I have or what kind of personality I am. I like, I'm probably very good at maybe uh, in terms of uh, helping team, maybe putting some screws in the wall and fixing stuff. You are very good at fixing stuff. The maintenance man, karate, dwarf. AJ Sensei is very good at getting the job done. It's very handy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. Uh, when well, I'm not lazy. I think, I think you can tell we convert each other personality-wise because, because we, um, we got on really well. We all get on really well. We, we never, like, we are together all the time. It's very rarely that we'll be pissed off at one another. Um, so I think this, I mean, we're pissed off for our personalities, not for stupid shit that we do. I think we, we, we all get on really well together and that in itself complements one another. I think in terms of our, our karate, if you want to talk about our karate and our teaching styles and, and what we emphasise on, I think that that's more of a, a where we could find some diversity because I think we're all quite unique in, in what we bring karate wise to the oh, dojo. Uh, my karate is unique, all right. I mean, right now, <laughs> right now, you've probably all seen it online, but Rue's doing these fantastic karate stories, karate adventures with the kids and on Zoom. Just now, kids and adults, I guess. Some parents are training with the kids on Zoom. Um, where you've had you've had like like a, almost like a like a Dungeons and Dragons adventure exactly. for the kids and, yeah. and teaching them like okay now we're coming up to the to the evil orc so we have to block and do Uchuki to all their attack robots and I think that's that's something that only you could do like like really like by yourself over Zoom that platform like it's very tough to do and only someone like you could do that man you know like that's very rude niche karate right there. And that's something that you bring uniquely to the team, I think. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Mm. I, I, sorry, I was going to say, I can't wait for, well, I'm sure it's happening, we'll probably never know, but I'm sure it's happening now where kind of traditionalists look at that and go, that's not karate, that's mm. not budo, that's just Mickey Mouse stuff. I, 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 will, I am reveling in the fact that people will say that. Oh, yeah? Because, because they're dinosaurs and they'll die out. And those who have adapted to the current circumstances and situation, those who have found new skill sets or new ways to show their skill will survive and evolve and move on and thrive. And those who say, that's bullshit, kind of Mickey Mouse karate, will like, carry on doing what you're doing <laughs> because it will be the death of you. Yeah. The question is, are they doing anything at all? Because it seems like most of karate dojas not teaching anything, they just stop mm. teaching and I don't know, it seems like maybe it's not ideal for everyone what we do but but we still have good number of students and I think doing what we do is much better than stop training at all. Exactly and the reason why I'm why I started doing those stories like Karate Adventures um, like teaching through storytelling is because it's third lockdown, lockdown 3.0, the kids are so bored they're stuck in their houses True. all day and i was you know if you want to be some kind of you know budo messiah and be super strict and only teach strict Gee basics hon. and make sure they get that. it right exactly and bore them even more than they already are um then go ahead but you know these uh these kids could learn better 
if you make it a little bit interesting, make it a little bit fun. Enjoyable. So, and, and also, I've just, I just feel for them. I, like, imagine, I, mean, I cannot imagine how, ups, how upset I'd be if I was in their place. Like, what kind of uh, knock-on effects is this trauma going to have for them? I don't know, but... I know, actually, some kids which totally don't do homework because they just... Parents cannot cope with them. They just mm -hmm. don't want to do it. You know what I mean? And they do nothing. And uh, it's a little bit concerning, actually, because... I don't teach Adam Irish because I don't know a thing about it. But <laughs> not doing anything, it's not an option. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I'm learning everything. I'm learning fractions now myself. <laughs> counting money. <laughs> counting money. <laughs> it's good for me. He realizes his bitcoins are wrong. He's like, oh no! <laughs> oh, the movie have five bitcoins. Because <laughs> <laughs> Here. Just, just teach Adam how to trade. I will. Yeah. I will. <laughs> when I'm teaching him about stocks and bonds. That's what, that's what he needs. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so going back to the question, I think that's yeah. like in terms of our, our personality, I think we all complement each other well. In terms of our stage style, that's something unique that that Rue brings. I think. Um, AJ, when I see your students, what they teach, like I think that you're very. You're actually probably the most detail oriented. I think. I think, like, when I see you teach, I see you not letting things slide that I would let things slide. Sometimes, I sometimes think. I get maybe a little bit kind of obsessed about little things, and and I just want them to to rather learn something to understand. Because actually, I've seen how Jane uh, from United States, Jane Corey, is teaching Yoko Gere. And, you know, not, not about doing thousands of them and trying to find out how they work, but just simply having little cone and trying to push it with the heel, just to lift the knee up and push it a little bit to the side. You know what I mean? And maybe it might take even whole class. Well, that's maybe too detailed for me. I wouldn't probably go that far. But uh, sometimes maybe I fixate on something too much and that is not always ideal let's say grading is coming and sometimes maybe I don't run through everything I plan um, but not always not always sometimes it depends on my mood and my mood actually depends on Bitcoin. one thing <laughs> two things <laughs> price of Bitcoin <laughs> and am I hungry <laughs> <laughs> it affects me a lot actually so I'm always making sure that I'm full, my tummy is full, and I'm not hungry, so I won't have any issues, you know what I mean, with my, myself. That's great. <laughs> so teaching styles, Ross Sensei is, every, is, uh, is the fun sensei. All the kids love Ross Sensei mm -hmm. the best. The favorite. Oh, we favorite. would murder, so do. The favorite, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, I think you're the you're the the one who is most natural uh, with kids. I'm a big kid myself, that's why. Yeah. I feel the same way, but you're just uh, it's just like AJ, and, AJ, AJ Sensei and I are obviously good with kids. We do it for a living, but you have a je ne sais quoi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I would, know. Like I wouldn't underestimate like the the loyalty that your students have. Like so, for, like I know for a fact that there are students that will not train with Ross, but will not also, the students that won't train with AJ and won't train with Rue, the students that won't train with me. Mm. And like, we, you know, there's Susanna, not that we have a list, but we certainly know because people have been very vocal and we've never passed on that information because it's, it's pointless. 
because equally, inversely, there's people that will only train with Ross and only train with AJ and, and Ruin and, and me. So, you know, it is what it is. And so having the, the kind of the, the spectrum of different teaching methods means that you maximise your ability to attract people to do karate. Maximise yeah. the dojo's ability to... Yeah, I mean, I, I, not just this dojo and, and, and not just in the terms of a business sense, but like, there's so many dojos out there that are kind of so heavily dominated by one instructor that even though there's junior instructors coming through, they never kind of give them a chance to, you know, to, to flourish, you know, like thinking, oh, what can you teach? You're a, you're a Nidan and I'm a Godan, so therefore I should teach the class when actually a Nidan is lower grade but has a unique perspective and a new, unique teaching method that actually might attract students that the Godan wouldn't. I'm actually very surprised how much freedom we get in this doja um, to teach and improvise. Do you remember Scott telling us what to teach? Never. Never. Never once told me what to teach. I, th I think, yeah, and, I've, and I've trained at dojas where the instructors have to teach a kata of the month, or they have to, yeah, to, um, I mean, I think, oh, don't mind just saying it, but I think Jason Hitchens' dojo have very set, a set structure of teaching. Mm, I think so, yeah. Um, and, and, like, again, it obviously works for them because mm. they're a very successful dojo with great students and stuff, but it's a very, that's a, something that we've never, ever even thought about, I don't think, of having a structured yeah. Um, Although there routine. is there is the formula, but the formula, in its own right, allows nothing but freedom. Right? There's a formula of how to structure a class, but that's structuring a class as opposed to this is what we are teaching. Yeah. Every yeah, 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 yeah. day, week, month, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Although I got close a few times when you were doing those stupid Morshigeris. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find that my students can kick shade. <laughs> so um, and then we had that comment about the absence of a female instructor could you imagine because I can't what it would be like if there was a female instructor sitting with us right now it would be like if Palma was here I didn't know Palma very well so, mm. so I suppose that's yeah, it would be fine it wouldn't be any yeah. different yeah. yeah maybe one or two of the jokes, mate. <laughs> mate you mean the mate. ones that I edit out of every podcast? <laughs> we talk about what the you hear. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> Biggest sexist in this dojo. I am not. <laughs> I am racist. Focused. <laughs> <laughs> I am only racist against one country, and we shall not mention it by name. You're the Dutch. No, <laughs> <laughs> Lithuania. <laughs> Lithuanians, yes. <laughs> I knew that. Uh, um, yeah, I didn't. Uh, so, yeah, I suppose it doesn't. It, um, but it would be uh, something different, right? Um, again, I don't think it takes away anything. I think I only think it adds. I would just exactly. add. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what it would do. But it's like it's like saying, you know what? I I I have a really good time going out to the pub with my mates, but you know. If if one of my female friends is there, then then the the good time is different. That's not what I meant. I realise now that's what, exactly what it sounded like when I said that. You're quite sexist. <laughs> not what what I mean. If you're woke, you better wake up soon. <laughs> that's not what I meant. Um, I just meant there is there is uh, an added dynamic. There is a 
an extra thing when you have a female presence. You're, you're missing out on a female presence when all you've got is four lads. And students, I think, missing out. I think um, Palma had a good number of kids which like her in yeah. some sort of mothery way, if you can express yeah. this way, um, which kind of trusted her. I don't know, maybe kids, it takes for them more time to trust someone like adult man, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. With ginger hair, <laughs> or Eastern European accent, something like that, or dyed, blonde. Um, so I think that would be definitely as a benefit for a uh, whole club and students, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For team. Um, but it's not that easy to find female instructor, isn't it? Well, it's the first time since Palmer passed away, it's the first time that we haven't had a female instructor. So we always had um, initially Gail was, was assisting and then um, Gail moved to Australia and then Bo took over and then um, there was a, I think it was a period when Bo and Palmer were teaching together um, and then Bo moved away and, and Palmer was here and so you know when Palmer passed away three, three just over three years ago like that was the first time on the history of the dojo that we haven't had a female instructor so no it's not it's not difficult it's just it's just Happens, it's just the way that it's happened, mm -hmm. and for sure we want to kind of replicate, uh, like you know, uh, change that and uh, kind of change that situation as soon as possible. Mm. So uh, Ross, this is going to transition, or is it Ru? I can't remember. Who does he decide? I'm married. I can't. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you do, Ross. I have a. I and you can get I'm married. In a relationship. Oh, I'm single. Okay, I'll transition. Go Fine. Doesn't mean you have to change teams. What? You can transition and still, still like the girls, man. Doesn't mean you have to change teams. Oh, right, I see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> you might get better odds. I might. <laughs> We're <laughs> stepping gingerly now around this subject. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we be sure we're insulting rude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to clear. The lawyers say we're safe. Okay. <laughs> He's the last minority that you can insult, is he? Exactly. Oh. So I think ha having the, the boss man on. It's only right that, that we, we grill him for evaluation and, and advice and... And affirmation? Yes, and affirmation. <laughs> love me, love me! <laughs> say something nice about each of us. No. <laughs> no, yes! Say something nice about each of us. Don't press him too much, it's really hard for him. <laughs> The oh, bastards. I did not What's know. the point of having you on the podcast? <laughs> Shall we take it from the top? Shall we take it from the top? Okay, bar 32 on my count. Huh? Dun, dun, no, sorry. I don't know what that is. That's a music joke. <laughs> I'm sure there's hundreds of people laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, I'll go first. I fell off my bike. Now. It wasn't just like normally falling off the bike. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm cycling along, and then I fell off. I was cycling along, and um, there was a man on the, on the footpath, and as I cycled by him, he looked like he was kind of sick, or he was having some kind of emergency. He was hunched over, and he, he just looked like he needed help. 
So, so as I'm cycling by, I was thought, when I stop, does this man need help? Is he sick? Is he having a heart attack? What's... And, so, and I kept looking at him. And as I cycled past, I kept looking at him. And as I was gone past him, I kept looking at him. So I was looking back over my shoulder. And then when I turned around, I was about to hit the curb. And you know when you hit the curb at an angle, there's nothing you can do, right? You're coming off the bike. I, I, it's not that I could lift up the, the front wheel and hop up onto the curb. It was too late for that. So I hit the curb at this really kind of uh, acute angle. And, and the bike was going out from under me, so I leapt into the air, shoot preparation, feet tucked up underneath me. <laughs> <laughs> Core engaged. <laughs> Core engaged, tailbone tucked, and I landed like the jump in MP. I did a big key eye too, it was perfect. You know, like when in job interviews and they say, "Oh, can you can you sh- tell me your biggest weakness?" Oh, my biggest weakness is that I just work too hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> and then the man who I thought was sick ended up he was fine. He was giving me a big clap. And that was <laughs> someone from one of the windows in the flats was like eight point four. No, but honestly, I do fall off my bike way too often. The statistics are once a year. You're supposed to fall off your bike once a year if you cycle every day, like to work. And That's stuff. the standard. In our... Yeah, exactly. Me, it's like five times a year. Well, you you're taking all my hits then because I haven't fallen out of my bike once. And I really? Yeah. Wow. Even all the years you used to cycle to all yeah. your classes. Actually, till like when I got that bike I got now, it's got like thinner tire, and I fell off it going around a corner because I wasn't used to the thinness of the tire. Okay. So once in once in twenty years. Yeah, I've taken all yours. Thanks, mate. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> broke my elbow once. <laughs> There's still bits moving around in my elbow that aren't supposed to move around. <laughs> and your your sprained ankle's still giving you jet as well. <laughs> Sit here, pieces. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, someone else go. Here's my fail. Go on, Aldrius. Uh, so <clears throat> recently, it happened to me a couple of times, and I don't know, is, don't know is it age-related or something else is wrong with someone else, <laughs> but not me, obviously. <laughs> I, I started to forget the days. Like I don't know sometimes what day it is for a good few seconds, and it's a little bit like nearly panic. You know, attack kicking in. Um, so uh, it happened on Friday. That I got text from the Zana that where are you? Students are waiting. And I mixed. I I was totally sure that it is. It actually was Kandika week. I was totally sure that it is Thursday, and I'm starting at four. And it was Friday, and it was ten past three when I'm starting at three. Thankfully, I was in the kitchen, and it took me just to go to the room, switch on the Zoom, and I was there. <laughs> <laughs> It's a symptom of lockdown, though, isn't it? Forgetting the Maybe. days of the week. I hope yeah. so. Look, what's mm-hmm. happened is you've come, you've come in to train on Friday morning and do a bit of kangeko, and you, you thought it Thursday? must be Thursday. Yes, because you're training in the morning. Thursday morning. Of course. Yeah, it's not senility. It's kangeko. Hmm. Yeah, that's the side effect of kangekos. Well, I guess my fail of the week is, you know, I've been homeschooling Darren. I mean, luckily, I haven't really been having to do much, but I've been homeschooling. And after a couple of weeks of homeschooling, I said to her, you know what, you, you, you're doing really well. You're super intelligent. As your principal, I'm going to promote you to university. <laughs> and then she said, great, I choose hairdressing school. And so she decided 
as her first course, she would cut my hair. <laughs> <laughs> and so she cut my hair, which looked like she'd cut it with a knife and fork. Right? <laughs> and so it's all, it's all and, and you know, so this wasn't, this is not the fail. Oh. And so, so this is just the background of the fail. <laughs> and so, you know, it'd been pointed out by a number of you, mostly Karen, going, there's bits everywhere. <laughs> That you know, that it's all spouting there, like pulling my hair. <laughs> and so I decided, well, how hard could it be? So I got my clippers in the week, and there was bits kind of sticking out everywhere, right? I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just, yeah, it can't be that difficult. So I got the clippers and went, and I had this big hole in my head of hair <laughs> that I think, luckily, luckily, no one noticed. Mm, I never noticed. Yeah, so I think it's either. No one noticed because, you know, a bit like your story of, you know, like my fail was a big triumph, really. Or maybe it was just that it's that bad everywhere else. It it just faded into the background. Well, that was definitely a fail. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't gonna bring it up, but when I saw your hair, I was like, "Ah, oh, you, you dear, fucking dear, idiot. cut your hair again." <laughs> I was actually thinking pretty good because it looked like me. Okay. <laughs> Right, look, I wasn't insane. You looked like a cauliflower. <laughs> 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 the one who started to get a bit yellow. Everyone else thinks my hair is cool. Everyone but you. You're the only one. Even my mammy likes it now. She's come around to it. Hey, you said it. She has no choice. My failing, I haven't done much failing. Uh, I haven't had the chance to because I've been inactive. So my my sad moment, I guess, rather than fail, was sad. We sad moment was uh, you you guys all had a really nice sparring session the other day, mm. and I was left at the side standing like just just watching and, and not being able to, to hit anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I was very upset. I was watching Stuart and Damien on on <laughs> on Zoom doing their sparring, and then I watched you guys do your lovely spar. And I was like, oh, <laughs> can't do any sparring. <laughs> so I would, my, my fail was not being able to take part in any sparring. It was very upsetting. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Not taking part of having any violent sessions. No violence, yeah. I, I love a bit of violence. Like we, we discovered we do, like, second lockdown, I actually like, thrive after a little bit of violence. A bit of pain. <laughs> a, little bit of bit, a little bit of adversity. <laughs> you, you, you're switched on mm-hmm. for the next couple of days. It improves your mood, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I definitely get happier. I remember um, when we were filming in late December for new adverts for the dojo. We were all in the dojo for ages and we were in front of the camera doing our bits and it was really, people were finding it really fun and there was a nice energy in the dojo and afterwards I was just looking around and they were, camera guys were packing up and I was like, Tyke, come on, let's spar. And he was like, yeah, I really want to spar. And I was like, yeah, me too. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and it was just fun. That's it. Great. I have to say, it's it funny being on the outside looking in at sparring. You know, you've got whoever's sparring Karen, Karen down the bottom. And Karen's, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> Karen's like, like that guy that, that used to have it. He used to be a contender <laughs> back in the day or something, you know? Like he's that, he's that old guy who, who could have made it. Actually, a typical <laughs> veteran's kumite. Yeah, and he just like, he could have went the distance. <laughs> He could have been a contender. <laughs> and he just, he'll, he'll be sparring quite nicely, nicely, nicely. And then he'll do something that, that it's like if it lands, it's, like, it's a fraction away from like 
bursting you open or something dead. <laughs> like to keep calm, sparring Karen we had, is a skill, I yeah, think, you know? We had in the beginning something with Karen going on and he was quite rough. But now we actually, like if you've seen us sparring last time, mm. we were so gentle. He's so nice and gentle. He's like my What best did you friend. do to make him gentle? <laughs> Wait. You have to earn his respect. Three years to earn his respect at least. So, so you were a bit jumping in, it's not only finishing fields, but tell everyone about your Moashigeri, AJ, because it is, uh, defies the laws of physics that Moashigeri. <laughs> How do you this, do it? He has this Moashigeri that, that seems to take. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a matrix kick, it's like, Whoa, and it slows down, and then, boom, it always gets you, and you're just like, what the fuck is That's going on? That's my secret. That's my secret. It's the timing. It looks like it's slow motion, and no one no one even blocks it. It's like, they, ugh, and then they kick. It's like, it's like a nightcrawler from X-Men. It's like a his snail foot is over motion. there, and then he teleports. You're thinking, oh, his foot's ages away, and it's moving really slowly, and then, there, on your face. <laughs> The amount of times I put my hand up to block and then went to do something else and I'm like, wait! Nothing <laughs> happened! <laughs> Your hand gets tired and you <laughs> just drop it. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, something should have hit my arm by now, for sure! Five weeks later... <laughs> the trickiest Moachigiri in the dojo, for sure. But, and, then, and then, you know, so you watch it and then... Uh, <laughs> Then you watch Scott says he's sparring everyone. And it's the it's disrespectful. Like the blatant disregard you have for the people in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> people could have to do a study on your psychology on that. It's very much the case of of like somebody touches you, touches you, you're like, meh, 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 meh. Who took that fucking big go with that fucking kick him and then push him with on the ground and fucking choke him out? And then, hey, you like that? You like that? Fuck off! And then, <laughs> and then back up and again, it's then very, oh, a little block here, a little move there, a little, little wee punch there, and then, yeah, fucking, 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 That's what happens face. when you're gonna, that's what's gonna happen when you're gonna have your own dojo. <laughs> yeah. When you have your own self to, to keep everyone down. <laughs> show them their place. So, do do you hate them or what's Hang on, it seems like he doesn't agree with your perspective on his sparring. Let's see what he has to say. Well, first of all, let's talk about the sparring <laughs> session. What happened? <laughs> the other day when I was watching, you had a wee moment there where Rue got a wee tough time of it. Oh, this. I have to say that when I, when in those kind of moments, I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just it's definitely not thinking about the safety of your instructors for sure. <laughs> <laughs> They're professionals, they should deal with that. <laughs> what comes out comes out, you know, and it is entirely up to them. And to be fair, that's why I don't spar Karen. Because I don't think I could control myself. Because <laughs> there's been a few times. I think right? there's one time where I keep sparring and I'm like, all you could hear from the top of the dojo when you, the one time you were sparring Karen was, Karen, you fucking shit! Karen, Karen! Oh, Leslie, I'm not alone! You look up and think, somebody's on the ground. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it just flows out, and so, you know. I have no explanation. No? No. I'm not going to take responsibility. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think that holds up in court. It's <laughs> in the contract. <laughs> there is a clause in our contract saying he will not take responsibility for any injuries sustained in Spartan. Very small print at the bottom of it. <laughs> 
And yeah, so good. you can see how enthusiastic I am about talking about sparring and I wasn't able to take part, so that's my fear. Sure. Just not being able to play the game. Rosie <laughs> 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 couldn't see. Rue can make hands together like some sort of hippie Buddha going, Yes, I respect that. I did, I did, I did a little <laughs> <Bloody stick>. <laughs> <laughs> it's Easy. Alright, now see, now that people know why I get up, upset on the podcast when talking about you. Fucking hell. <laughs> I gave Ross a nice little namaste. Empathy. Showing, you know, compassion for his, for his inner turmoil and suffering. Pain. And what do I get for you look like a cabbage and some carrots together. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Right, let's anyway, fucking we'll end get some this. food and more, more, more drink and food and, and drink. And say goodbye to the people. Yes. Uh, guys, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, Scott Sensei and Eiju Sensei, for coming on. We'll definitely try and have you on again. Maybe we'll see. Thank you very much for reminding me, reminding me, finally. <laughs> uh, I, I'd just like to say that I can't possibly... Oh, sorry, I just stopped recording. I'm only joking, go on. Uh, well, I'm going to say something nice then. So I was going to say I can't possibly finish with calling Rue a pod. So I think his, his classes with the kids is amazing. Oh, thanks. Okay. It's Thanks, folks. Oh. Thanks, <laughs> 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 <laughs>